With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy. Sports Radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. One bleeds red. One bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Sundays. Uh, you're either uh, middle of the pack, 
and kind of stalking has potential. You've seen a little bit, and you haven't given up yet, so you really need to make the crucial lineup decision this week. You cannot leave any points on the bench, right? Or you are uh, you're at the top of the pack, and you're watching as teams kind of look up at you, and you're either uh, really close to the competition or maybe you've even stretched out. But here's the thing. It's week nine, uh, a bad week or two, and you could be – uh, right back in the middle of things. So, you know, this is the time not to get cocky. Make sure you're preparing. Make sure you're looking at every injury report, every participation chart you possibly can. And that's what we're going to try to bring you tonight on Red versus Blue. 347-324-5404 is the number. The chat room, the crew at Red versus Blue is back. Uh, and some of the best names in the world of high-stakes fantasy football are with you tonight. And, look, throw a name out. You'll get a good opinion on whether or not you should uh, start your guy this week or not. I'm going to tell you, we're going to go through every single game in the NFL in this one hour, 56 minutes remaining. And uh, there's a lot of players that are really on the fence this week of should they go in your lineup or shouldn't they, and that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guests this evening, Alex Paganofsky and Don Duckworth. Let me make sure I have Alex with us. Are you uh, can you hear us, Alex? I'm here, Scott. What's up, my man? And then we've got Johnny P. John Duckworth. Can you hear us, buddy? Absolutely. All right. I like the enthusiasm from the Ducky, man. Hey, let's get that story out of the way for everybody. We'll take a quick minute here. Johnny, you've got uh, you you have a little uh, thing going on online. You're, you're you're doing some kind of a contest, and somehow or another, you end up with tickets to the Super Bowl. Uh, tell us real quickly in a minute or less what happened there. Oh, just a really nutty thing. Um, Verizon Wireless does a little live stream. Uh, trivia contest every week uh to uh to to win tickets to the Super Bowl is the grand prize each day. They give away four each time. They put out little hints on their Facebook page. Um so I'll go to the Facebook page. The hint for the the final thing is is just the word two bombs. And through racking my brain I came up with the possibility that Lee Evans could be an answer to that question from a game he had against my Texans a few years back where he caught a couple of bombs, uh, 83 yards apiece in the first quarter. So I go to the game. It's 9 o'clock. It's time to launch the stream, and I can never get the stream to work properly. I'm trying switching between browsers, et cetera, and all I'm getting is frozen pictures and that little clock that's spinning as, as the streaming video is supposed to load. And I get little pictures occasionally. And I had done the game the week before, so I know about when we're going to get around to the final question, but not when. And I'm still getting nothing, and I'm frustrated. And so I just type in Lee Evans and hit go about four different times around that time period. Um, pretty much forget about it. Never do get the 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 stream that night, and two days later got a call from him. I won tickets to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, winning a trivia contest is one thing. Winning it without ever hearing the question is a pretty unique deal. And um, so I feel pretty lucky and uh, and very happy to be coming to Indy to see you in uh, February. We're going to tailgate, my man. We will tailgate for sure. Alex, I don't know. Does that kind of stuff ever happen to you? I mean, Super Bowl tickets on an online contest, like nothing like that ever happens to me. Alex, what about you? <clears throat> I won a T-shirt once. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I tell you, I told, I, I spoke to John about this, and I told him I think only 
uh, a fantasy football diehard could have ever gotten that answer right. And, you know, because of, I remember, I, I certainly don't claim, I, I didn't claim that I could have gotten it right myself, but when he kind of, you know, when he uh, reminded me, J.P. Lossman and Lee Evans, I remember that. I remember that that quarter, that first quarter of the game when he caught those 83-yard bombs, two of them. And I'm like, you know, I told you, I'm like, you know, only a fantasy football diehard could get that question right. Well, I tell you what. Congratulations, Johnny. Uh, we will be in Indianapolis for the Super Bowl this year. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to come to town, and who knows against who in the AFC? But look, you, we live in. I live in India. I've got to go to the Super Bowl. I don't care. I have to at least tailgate. If my Jets are there, I'm definitely going. That's kind of my rule of thumb here. The Jets are in it. I'll be there. If not, I'm going to be tailgating and enjoying the uh, festivities. They're going to do it up big time. If you go to the red versus blue page, you'll see uh, a link to the, pit, the to the city of Indianapolis. And I tell you what, it's just going to be an exciting time to be here. They've got a lot planned. Look, it's a winter climate, winter environment, but it's supposed to be really, really nice. Everything's within walking distance, everything you could possibly imagine. And they've got these whole this whole heated uh, downtown planned um, with overhead protection. We'll see how it all works out. So, uh, pretty exciting. And then, and then, Alex, I guess in a couple of years we've got a, a Super Bowl up in your neck of the woods. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Uh, these outdoor stadiums, man, I can't believe they're uh, they're, they're happening here. But uh, Indianapolis, they've got the roof. They'll close it, and uh, it won't be uh, anything during the game, which is why the game in New York is so exciting to possibly see, you know, couple inches of snow on the ground during the Super Bowl. That's going to be insane. So looking forward to that. Let's go ahead and move right on. We're up in the Northeast. We're talking about Buffalo and the Jets to get us started. There's not a better game to get us started at this week. The surprising Buffalo Bills, uh, the big win against uh, New England kind of said they're here to play. This is a 1 o'clock game, and I'm looking at a lot of names here, guys, uh, that are fantasy relevant to maybe a, a who-do-I-start decision. So let's start with Fitzpatrick. The Jets haven't allowed multiple touchdowns to any opposing quarterback since week one, and that includes, look, matchups against New England, Tom Brady, uh, Chargers, Rivers, and Flacco. So what do you think about Fitzpatrick in the lineup this week, or what do you, what do you think about those receiving options? Alex, we'll start with you. Well, it always depends on what your options are, obviously. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, the only problem here is, Clearly, Stevie Johnson, uh, because we see what happens to wide receivers like him. Uh, he is actually kind of the worst candidate, really, to go up against uh, uh, Revis. You know, where a guy like maybe Brandon Marshall, we've seen him have some success because I mean, Brandon is, Brandon is a big, strong guy, and he could get up, uh, you know, reach out and make those plays. Stevie Johnson is more, you know, like your average size, six foot two, two hundred five. Uh, you know, Revis is really going to overpower him. So, uh, you know, if if he covers him the, the whole game, that is, uh, you know, we're not exactly sure if that will happen, but I'm, we're assuming. So that's the only one I would be concerned with. Everyone else, you obviously start if you, as usual, including Fitzpatrick. Johnny, I'm going to ask you this because with Steven Johnson, you've got him all year. This year, Revis and the New York secondary, they're playing at a high level. They've allowed only one receiver to score through the air since week one. Revis versus Steven Johnson, he's on the island. So uh, Johnson does have four touchdowns on the season, but only one since week three. What do you do uh, if you're a Steven Johnson owner? You know, uh I agree with with what Alex says. He Stevie Johnson and I've got him in um, a fairly important league, 
and he's a difficult start this week, but but a lot of times when you're dealing with buys and things, he may be better than your wide receiver four, five, or six, which you may be looking at starting because of the buy. So depending on what you have on the bench, if, you, if you've got some other guys that you can start ahead of him, he's a guy that that uh, I feel uh, is – is going to be best served on your bench, but but you may not have that option. You know, Fitzpatrick, chances are if you've got Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, you've been running him out there as a number one quarterback a lot of weeks, but you probably didn't draft him as your number one quarterback. And you've got somebody else on your bench who also may serve you a little bit better this week. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable with, with uh, David Nelson and uh, – and Roosevelt, and um, I think that I think the game sets up really well for uh, for Freddie Jackson. And Donald Jones is back in the lineup. I did get, I did see that he got picked up quite a bit in all the leagues. Uh, on the other side of the ball, well, well first of all, I've got uh, looks like Syracuse slappers. Uh, John in the chat room. I think Chandler could be a sneaky play. I will say this: the Jets have also allowed only one tight end to score a touchdown, which was Antonio Gates in Week Seven. So, not sure I like Chandler either. Uh, if I, unless it's just a must start, I mean, I would I would try just about anybody over him this week just because of that Jets D. Uh, Alex, we talked briefly before the show. I know you don't want to bring it up, but Mark Sanchez, uh, he, he's kind of a sneaky quarterback. Um, the Bills have allowed four quarterbacks to reach at least 20 fantasy points in the last six games. Sanchez had 18 fantasy points at Buffalo last year, uh, and, he, and he's kind of uh, he's just kind of doing his thing. He's uh, he's pretty consistent except for that one Baltimore game. Yeah, I, Sanchez should be should definitely be the highest scoring waiver wire quarterback this week, and uh, that's where he belongs on a waiver wire. And uh, if you have him as your backup, you should drop him because uh, your starter should be starting, and you should use that spot for a position player to uh, solidify your depth. So there you have it. Ducky, I, I hear a little, uh, I hear a little uh, aggression there against my Jets, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it's like a Giants fan talking and coming out here. You feel um, that? You know, uh, I, I think what you're listening to there is more of somebody that knows what they're talking about. Quite frankly, I didn't do that. Yeah, that I, I understand that that was fireman at the controls, not not a problem. But, All right, let's uh, move on, gang. Let's move on, gentlemen. Seattle versus Dallas. We've got a lot of games here. It's quarter after. Seattle versus Dallas. I see a lot of names. Uh, Alex, I see Obamanu here. That's a name that you kind of like. Um, Sidney Rice. Uh, this is a Dallas game that uh, they've got to be a little ticked off after pretty angry and embarrassed by what happened uh, to the Eagles last week. What do you think is going to happen in this game? What's going to happen is, is you know, they're, I'm sure they'll probably beat the hell out of uh, Seattle because Seattle's really not a good road team, and 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 uh, you know, you, like you said, Dallas is pretty pissed off. But in the end, it, it looks like Tavares is becoming a a pretty decent option, and, and has really learned to to get the ball in the air, which is pretty amazing because I mean he was just horrendous uh, in Green Bay uh, passing the ball, so. You know, Obamanu, the reason why I like him, he, you know, Mike Williams, I don't know what's going on. They, they claim it's injury-related, but I have a feeling he's being deactivated simply because of the lack, lack of performance or whatever the case may be. You know, he got that little contract last year. It wasn't big, but it was big enough 
you know, for him to kind of come back to the NFL and get paid and, and you know, a la Chris Johnson, you know, kind of, you know, sit back and relax. So uh, I think that's what he's doing, Mike Williams. And, and Obamano, I think, has taken over as the number two wide receiver. So, I, you know, I, I would feel comfortable starting uh, him and Rice. You got to get Sidney Rice into the lineup after 14 targets last week, seven for 102. He also has that eight for 109 game against Arizona. Hasn't done much else since that. Um, and then you've got this Marshawn Lynch guy, uh, Johnny. If you've got him, you've got him because you know you, I don't know you know you drafted him as a kind of a flex option, and he, <laughs> Dallas hasn't allowed much on the ground. Three running backs to score touching touchdowns. Uh, Lynch just two games that he's really looked decent, and he's not doing much. He's only had one touchdown in the past five road games. So is, is Lynch a guy that only in a desperation play you have to – I mean, Lynch or uh, Ogbenaya or Abanaya, what would you do there? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd play Ogbenaya. Ogbenaya is going to catch passes. Lynch is a flex option only eight, eight, eight games a year, and those are the eight home games. Seattle's a horrible road team. And and Lynch is not a very talented player. He he's a flex option at home if they have a chance to win. If they have a chance to play him a little bit in a four minute offense at the end of the game, maybe he has a chance to get in the end zone. But you know this game in Dallas, the, they, you should be looking at garbage time production from about midway through the second quarter out of. Uh, out of Tavares and some receivers, uh, I, I I wouldn't start Lynch unless it was an absolute necessity uh, this week. Yeah, and we always you've got to start all the Cowboys, Demarco, Dez, Austin, Witt, and Romo. All those guys get a start. City Rice is getting a start. Obamanu, if you're in a pinch for a flex, I think go, you, you go ahead and trust him. He he did get his chance last week and he made the most of it. So, but Lynch, I, I agree, it's just one of those. One of those guys that just hasn't been impressive. I mean, luckily got a touchdown last week. We do have a question in the chat room. Get paddled says this is ugly. So Alex, I'll turn this one over to you. When I uh, here we go. Ringer, Decker, or Brinkley as his bye week flex. Ringer, Decker, or Brinkley. That seems pretty easy to me. Well, I think you eliminate uh, Christy Brinkley there, uh, and uh, you just. Kind of flip the coin on the first two guys. If you want to take a chance on Ringer, you know, go right ahead. I mean, you know, I don't know if last week uh, is going to wake up Chris Johnson or not. I'm betting they won't. Uh, but uh, Decker, I'm concerned with, you know. Um, so I think I go with Ringer. Ducky, Tennessee is a is a team here. They, just, they might actually be in the playoffs. We're looking at a team that actually might be in the playoffs with a soft no, division. No, you're not. Stop it. If, if, if they can keep going and doing what they're doing, and Houston has all these injuries, they haven't got Andre back. They still look good, but I know you're a Houston fan. But well, did, did uh, look, you happen to see the game where they played each other very recently hey, in Tennessee? Tennessee's not a playoff team. They're a bad team. They're they're winning games without two of their best players, Kenny Brick, Chris Johnson, not doing much at all. So how are they doing it? They're doing it uh, with defense and good, sound quarterback play from Matt Hasselbeck. They've done as well as they can do under the circumstances. But this, this they're an eight and eight football team. 
You know, that, that there, there's too many other good teams in the AFC for, for them to get in the playoffs. They're not they're not winning the division, and their record's not going to be good enough to to get into the um, as a wild card. Well, they have a good test. They're four and three right now, a half a game behind the Texans. Uh, who should win against Cleveland. Tennessee has to play Cincinnati, so let's move to that game. Alex, you've been on this defense since, I think, before anybody really started talking about them. They haven't allowed multiple touchdowns to an opposing quarterback in their past five games, and no quarterback has reached 20 fantasy points. So, Hasselback, a no-brainer. Do you sit in this week, even if you uh, have other options that don't look as attractive? What do you do there? Oh, Hasselback, you did not play this week. Uh, he just... You know, he hasn't been the same quarterback uh, uh, from the first few weeks. Uh, whether he, you know, I mean, he is 35 years old or something like close to that. So, you know, maybe his arm's getting tired. Maybe he's just, you know, kind of reverting back to where he was the last few years in Seattle. But, um, you know, the re- the resurrection clearly has stopped for the moment. And Cincinnati, the reason why I like them is, I mean, they were a good NFL defense uh, and sooner or later, uh, you know, in the, early in the year, it looked like they were they were they were going to be a good NFL defense. And sooner or later, when you when you take a good NFL defense and put it up against bad um, offenses, you know, good matchups for the defense, uh, they're going to score some fantasy points. And that's why I was on them a few weeks back. And so uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to continue this week too. A.J. Green's an obvious must-start. Cedric Benson, you get him back into the lineup. Jared Cook is a guy, if you're in an emergency situation at tight end, he's only got two games with more than four targets, so it's not a not a nice situation there. And the Bengals, who've just allowed two receivers to score touchdowns all year, I don't think you can start Nate Washington or Damian Williams either. Uh, so, Duffy, let's move on. Uh, I know you're not on the on the Titans this year, so let's move on to this game here. It's your Houston Texans. Uh, you've got Walter, you've got Jacoby. I don't know how that's going to shake up with Joe Hayden, but every time I look at starting Walter or Jacoby in these leagues, I see I see uh, Cleveland on there, first number one versus wide receivers. What do you do with Walter if, he, if you're used to kind of throwing him in as a flex spot? Well, I, I've been throwing Walter in on the flex spot, and, and I'm going to continue to throw him in. Um, it's uh, Hayden, I would think, is not on Walter. Um, it, whoever Hayden's on, it, it will impact obviously. But I mean, you've got you've got good options uh, on the Texans with obviously Foster, Owen Daniels, um, and Schaub has played surprisingly well since uh, since Andre's gone out. So so you have some options there. I, I think that Walter is a flex option as a, as a number three slash number four receiver. Who you know you just you you hope you get in the end zone, but if not, you're still probably going to get you know five for seventy and end up with twelve points. He's 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 not going to hang a bagel on you. Alex, we're going to turn Obanaya over to you. Uh, for some reason, there's a lot of excitement and buzz about this guy. We've only seen fourteen carries uh, for Cleveland, fifty-two yards, not even four yards a carry, and we we've seen a, a little bit of a reception game out of him. But that preseason against Houston is kind of what made us take a second look at this guy. He he went for a lot of money in a lot of leagues this week. Well, he's you know he's a three down running back, uh, or it seems to be. You know he seems to be a three down running back. If they give him the rushes, they certainly give him enough receptions, and he catches the ball. So I mean, if, how often can you get a three three down running back on a waiver wire? 
even if he's uh, you know a practice squad player, you know he still gets, gives you a chance at you know 15 points. So uh, 15 points this time of the year uh, in a week uh, with with so many uh, uh, injury issues and bye week issues, uh, he's uh, he's worth every penny uh, that you spend on him if he you know if he ends up giving you those points. So uh, you know I'm I'm you know I, as you know Scott. Uh, I like the guy, and as far as Kevin Walter goes, look, you know, if you're expecting 20 points from him, he's not going to give you 20 points, whether it's against Hayden or not Hayden. So, you know, if you're putting him in the lineup and you'll be happy with 10, then put him in the lineup, and, you know, maybe he'll uh, surprise you and score a touchdown. He really looked like a 4 for 57 kind of guy this week, and uh, I don't know. You got Watson on the other side of the ball. You really don't have much else to talk about on the Cleveland side. I mean, we don't know what's wrong with Colt McCoy. He's just looked absolutely terrible. I don't expect that to improve against Houston, especially on the road. So let's move on to the uh, the other 1 o'clock game, Atlanta against Indianapolis. Atlanta comes to Indy, where usually this would be a very high-profile game. This year it's a dud. it's just a total clunker. It's a dud. Uh, on the Colts side of the ball, you got Painter. you got all those, those receivers and Dallas Clark. You can't start hardly any of those guys unless it's Wayne, maybe. Um maybe Garcon. Uh, then you've got the running game, a die. I guess they gave him Friday off. He still has the handy issues and knee issues, and you don't know who's going to get the ball there. So you're only in a desperate situation playing Donald Brown or DeLone Carter. Uh, but the guy that I, I look at here, Ducky, that really is exciting to me to watch in this game, I mean, Matt Ryan is, of course, but it, it's Julio Jones. I mean, he's coming back. And, and if we remember, it's been a while, but prior to getting hurt in week five against Green Bay, he posted back-to-back games with at least six catches for 115 yards. This 17 catches for 242 over that span. He's looking for his first touchdown this week against the Colts. You've got to put Hulu in the lineup, right? Um, yeah, I you know, I don't think you start him as, with total confidence. I don't think you start anybody their first week back after a, a fairly severe hamstring pull with total confidence. Um, you know, he had, he's had a couple weeks off plus the bye to get better, but you don't know what happens the first time he gets out there on that field and totally opens it up. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, Julio Jones, There's there's got to be a lot of good plays on the Falcon side of the ball. Julio Jones, uh, obviously Roddy White's a good play, uh, Gonzalez is a decent play, and uh, against the run defense that we've seen against the Colts, uh, you know, you've got to say that even Michael Turner is down as I've been on him uh, is a good play. He, you know, he he has to score touchdowns to to really justify his existence, but you got to think he's got a pretty good shot of putting the ball in the end zone once or twice. Julio, Roddy, Gonzo, all to me must starts. Michael Turner, uh, King of Queens here. Everybody knows King of Queens. He's saying uh, Jack Quiz is a sneaky start. And, again, if you get up on the Colts by 30 points or so, which could happen. I mean, let's face it. it you never know about this team. You don't know which team's going to show up. Do they have any pride left in them at all? Uh, it could get out of hand pretty quick. Uh, other than that, again, the Colts, you don't have much to hang your hats on. Miami versus Kansas City actually turned out to be a better Chiefs team than I thought we had after we saw the total annihilation uh, in week one that they suffered. Uh, and, and I'm looking at this game uh, on, on both sides of the ball. You've got two teams that really one is going in one direction, the other is going in the other. Uh, there's nothing I really like about Miami at all. I can't even start Brandon Marshall with confidence. Now, you got to throw him in there in a PPR league, but – 
Daniel Thomas, Reggie Bush, you don't know what's going to go on there. Uh, and then on the Chiefs' side, uh, Castle, what can you say? He's got an amazing matchup this week. He's he's allowed every opposing quarterback, uh, Miami that is, to pass for multiple touchdowns or throw for 300 yards. So when you're playing against Miami, you got to get the quarterback in there. Castle should keep it, that streak alive at home. He's got a new toy, Jonathan Baldwin. You've got Preston and Bo. Uh, you know, if it's Cam Newton and you usually have Matt Stafford in there, if those guys are on by, uh, Alex Matt Castle looks like a pretty good start. Yeah, you know, I have three teams this year that I own and manage, uh, and on the two uh, big ones, uh, I don't have any Dolphin and any uh, Chief players, thank God. On the on the third one, that's kind of not that important, I do have Castle starting this week, and I own Bo there as well. I picked up Castle off the way wire. Um, so For a dollar. that's what... That's about that, that. That's really the extent of my knowledge of both of those teams. Uh, I uh, I make I make an effort not to follow either one, not to pay attention to either one. I think Kansas last week's game against San Diego is about the most I saw out of Kansas City, and uh, the Giants game against Miami is the most I saw out of Miami. So uh, that's about it. Uh, King of Queens, Jonathan Baldwin is a hot commodity in free agent bidding this week, and that's for sure, uh, Ducky. Baldwin looked really good. You're a dynasty guy. Give us the dynasty spin on this guy. Is this a guy that you can, uh, you should be going after before it gets too hot? One more hot game, and, and you know uh, people are going to be holding. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I think the people that were holding were waiting to see something, and they, they've already seen something now. So he, he's already at the point where he would be hard to probably lose from somebody. But, sure, um, you know, he, he certainly looked the part in, in going and getting the football. Um, and, and you like that. And, you know, you're right about uh, about Castle. I think I saw something where I think 14.4 fantasy points is the least amount of fantasy points the Dolphins' defense have given up to an opposing quarterback. You know, Bo, Bo, you can start. Uh, so the, the, there's a couple of people on that, that Kansas City side of the ball. Um, you know, Baldwin's certainly not anybody that I'm looking to start at this point, but uh, but he's certainly somebody that you can watch out about. I mean, all the other pieces are, are, are nothing but bi-week pieces. You know, the 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 Baldwins, the, the Jackie Battles, and, you know, whatever's on Miami's uh, side of the ball. I mean, I've railed for weeks on, on my show about the the incredibly poor use of Thomas and Lex Hilliard and Reggie Bush, and what's going on in Miami is, is, is an absolute comedy of errors, and it's just not worth paying any more attention to. Well, Jackie Battle is an interesting name that you bring up, and since, Alex, you're not – you're not on the Chiefs, but two out of the last three games, uh, you know, he's got your respectable points, 16 against the Colts, eight against Oakland, so it wasn't a, a, a total uh, nothing. That was on 76-yard rushing. And then 13 in a tough San Diego game. Uh, he got the touchdown and had 70 yards rushing. So against Miami, uh, I, I, I want to I say to ask myself, you know, should I put Jackie Battle in the lineup because he has actually – not you know bailed out a lineup here or there you know as a as a an okay flex and I look at the Dolphins and one stat that sticks out to me they've only allowed three running backs to reach double digits um, Ben Tate one of them and they gave up uh, more than 100 yards to him but Battle uh, he's kind of one of those guys that he has kind of performed and and we're kind of watching saying is he going to be able to 
make it through this stretch. Just an incredibly tough stretch of games coming up for the Chiefs. I mean, if you look at this schedule, guys, week 11, New England, Pittsburgh, at Chicago, at the Jets, Green Bay, and finishing up with Oakland. I see that team falling apart, probably the Chargers taking a division. But uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for Baldwin or, or for Battle Ducky? You, you, you put him in as, a, as, a, as, a, as an outside flex this week, or you, you keep well, him on the bench? Well, uh, you know, I, I think as it, it just depends on what you have. I think a lot of times you're going to have better options. And, you know, it, it depends on the leagues you're in, too. Like, you know, I see King of Queens here in the chat room. If you're in a league with him, you don't have to worry about it because he owns Jackie Battle. He, he, he went paid a little bit more than most of us would the week before Jackie Battle got hot and ended up getting a bargain all across the place. So, yeah, you know, it's it's it depends on what you have on your bench, but I think you may have better options this week. All right. Well, guys, let's move on. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. This is a game that uh, we see New Orleans uh, after a bad disappointment. Uh, and then you got Tampa Bay coming off a bye week. Though again, it's a it's a very nice one o'clock game. I like to see this these one o'clock games. I'll be watching a lot of Tampa and New Orleans in this game. Josh Freeman, uh, that's a, this is a question mark. He's on the road. He struggled. He's only averaged ten fantasy points in three games on the road. Even if you factor in that uh, week seven game uh, in London against Chicago. So I don't know what we're going to see from Josh Freeman. We've been waiting for Mike Williams or, or him to step out and get out of this funk, Alex. I don't know if you own Williams anywhere, but do you think that bye week's going to help him? Do you think he can do something against New Orleans? I mean, I could see New Orleans jumping out pretty quick, and then maybe Freeman is asked to, to, to throw a little bit more. Uh, it's pretty simple with Mike Williams. He uh, has the most snaps of any wide receivers and the most targets of any wide receivers on that team. Uh, the day you bench him is the day he's going to, you know, put up 120 and a touchdown. So, you know, I, I mean, unless you unless you have uh, uh, unless you picked up some really nice option uh, options on the waiver wire over the course of the year, where you could play them with confidence and uh, and get 12 to 15 points, you know, nobody's benching Mike Williams. So, yeah, has he been a turd? Yes, but uh, you know, maybe he'll wake up. Do I know when? No. Ducky, 42 uh, is his number, number 42 wide receiver, uh, 42nd wide receiver in the NFL right now. No game over 75 yards, only one touchdown in week one against the blowout game in Detroit for a high-scoring affair. Uh, is, is Mike Williams a guy you can bench right now for, let's say, a, a marginal Eric Decker or something along that line? I mean, I'm looking for any, any reason to take Mike Williams out of my lineup. You know, I – and all of my teams, I think I've got Mike Williams on one. I didn't draft him because I was afraid of, of a touchdown regression. And him, he was just overdrafted a little bit for for my taste. I don't think anybody could have predicted he was going to just totally go Michael Clayton on us. Um, and he, he pretty much has. You know, I don't think you can bench him for for an Eric Decker. You know, if you picked up a, 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 an Antonio Brown along the way, or something like that. Yes, you can. But I'll tell you, in the one league that I do own him, I'd like to bench him. But I'm looking down my bench, and I I don't have a better number three option than his seven or eight definite points that he's going to bring with the potential of a lot more. So so no, I'm not I'm not benching him for for what's on my bench. Alex, we move over to the New Orleans side of the ball. 
Pierre Thomas looks like a pretty good start this week uh, with the, the amount of work that he and Sproles ought to kind of put together. You've got Mark Ingram is out, so, you know, Pierre probably should be moving those chains. And then you've got all these weapons for Drew Brees. He's got to be upset about his last performance. Colston looks like he's back. Graham is a, is a beast to be reckoned with. And then I don't know what you do with Meacham and Moore, but for the most part, uh, you've got to start these Saints. you got to get them into your lineup. Maybe. Uh, frankly, from what I've seen of the Saints, unless you have uh, – well, let's put it this way. Uh, Graham and Sproles are the only well, – besides Breeze, Graham and Sproles are the only guys you could count on. I think everybody realizes that. Even Colston is up and down. I mean, he had those two big weeks. But other than that, uh, I mean, you know, you put guys like Moore uh, and Meacham and, and, uh, and, uh, and Thomas in your lineup – I mean, they could skunk you at any time because for some reason or another, you know, the offense will get away from them. So, uh, you know, and no one no one knows when the heck is going to happen. Uh, you know, Pierre Thomas is a, is obviously a perfect start. Seems like it's a perfect start. And watch Chris Harvey come in and get 15 carries and score a touchdown. I mean, it's just you just never know, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, the 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 bye week obviously allows you to to put those guys in, but. I don't feel confident about any of them except for those two. And you also have uh, – you've got Robert Meacham on your primetime team. I look at that squad, and, I mean, look, everybody's looking at this squad, Alex. It's the number two team overall in primetime. And I see you have Meacham on there, and I didn't even know you had Selleck. Did you get him this week? What, what, where did Selleck come from? Yeah, I had, um, I had to get a, a tight end because I had uh, – uh, who did I have? Olsen and Shockey. Uh, I had both of them. I could never pick up a, a second tight end over the course of the year, so I ended up handcuffing Olsen to Shockey. But then come week nine, uh, you know, here I am looking uh, for a third tight end. Um, or Well, I ended up, uh, you know, I figured let me bid on Selleck. Uh, I barely had any money, so I bid 11 bucks on Selleck to drop Shockey. And I figured if I could get Selleck or Watson, who was my second conditional pick, then uh, I'll have a tight end. Otherwise, I was going to roll without a tight end this week and just keep Shockey to, and, and Olsen. And thankfully, I don't know, they let me get uh, they let me get Selleck for 11 bucks. And, uh, you know, look, the guy could do nothing the rest of the year, but it looks like they're getting him involved. So anytime they're, you know, they're clearly getting him involved. I mean, the, the, the offense, the, um, uh, the, coach, the, the coaches are clearly putting him in a position. I mean, these are not accidental um, – receptions that he's getting they're not check downs so uh we'll see what happens the rest of the year but uh you know everybody remembers what he what this guy can do it's a good looking squad alex uh darius hayward bay is your flex that's always a good sign uh especially with the way he's looked this year you got job at best waiting to come back on the bench and uh greg olson as well uh, kevin walter all these guys you can kind of throw in there uh but it's a good team we're watching it and uh man it's it's, it's nice to see you up there now Let's move on to the next game, San Francisco versus Washington. Uh, the Niners have looked tremendous this year. It's also a 1 o'clock game. This wraps up our 1 o'clock games. Uh, Gore, Crabtree, Vernon Davis, you got to get them all in the lineup, I think. Fred Davis is the big question mark here, guys. Uh, he's a monster. But in his past three games, he has 20 catches for 269 yards and a touchdown. Man, it's just incredible numbers for this guy. It looks like he keeps getting better. If he plays Ducky, He's got to be in the lineup, right? I mean, it's a risky situation anytime he's not practicing all week. Um, you know, 
you've got to have some pretty good options to sit him. I w- I've actually talked with uh, with a friend of mine earlier today about that, who is going to end up sitting him. But he, he's he's got Graham and he's got uh, Gronkowski at, at tight end, and he's got Fitzgerald and a couple of plays at a, at wide receiver. So. He turns out to be a sit in that case, but yeah, he's he's the only startable player on the entire Redskin roster. The only one. There, there there is not another startable player at this point on the Washington Redskin roster. I hear you. It's uh, it's bad news. Santana Moss is out. I think most people had to drop him, and you just can't wait on a player like that. But yeah, Fred Davis is a very questionable player for me to put in the lineup. I mean, the numbers look fantastic, but I just would hate to put him out there and just because they say he's starting, and then uh, you just get disappointed. And, and San Francisco's a, a team that could absolutely make you regret that decision, even if he does play. Uh, they're very talented. on uh, on. They're just the total package on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what the news is in the verge. This just has that – this just has that bad bad aura on it where if you own him and you put him on the bench he goes off if if you uh if you if you uh put him in your lineup he he uh, he pulls one of these i just i just see some one side of the fence is going to get completely hammered this week and i just i'm just not sure uh which side it's going to be denver versus oakland kicks off the four o'clock games fellas uh, this is Tim Tebow time. Uh, it looks like he, he started off. He was the talk of the town. He gets the win, then he really gets exposed. He played Oakland last year and had 138 passing yards and a touchdown and 78 yards rushing. And, again, I know it's a different Raider team. The Raiders have allowed five quarterbacks to reach at least 19 fantasy points the, this season. So I guess this week we'll find out what he's made of against a tough Oakland defense. And if you've got Oakland, man, you're, you're pretty happy about uh, using them this week. What do you think? Uh, this is a guy. This is a defense that Alex um, or Denver's a, an offense that has allowed defenses to just manhandle them and, and, and rack up like 14 sacks in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, I'm a big Tebow fan. Uh, I don't know. I just I like the guy. I like the underdog, I and mean, he seems like a really great kid. So um, I'm gonna root for him. Um, not to lose his job. I just I don't know. I just hate to see him go on a bench. Go back on a bench. But uh you know, the problem is with that situation, you know, Decker uh I know he had a good game last week, but look what happened the week before. He had like one one or two receptions on like 10 targets and Tebow couldn't get him the ball. I and mean, that could happen again this week. Uh so I I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Decker unless you have absolutely no options whatsoever. And um, as far as uh, on um, on the uh, on Oakland side, my concern, I have a major concern with uh, Hayward Bay, as good as he's been. You know, Champ Bailey is still pretty decent. And, uh, you know, he, he did a pretty good job against uh, uh, Calvin last week, except for that one play, where, you know, Calvin, I don't know what happened, but Calvin got like five steps behind him and it was over. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Champ is going to, uh, covered Bay pretty good, and you know I'm I'm a little concerned. I have I have him on both of my good teams, and I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep him in the lineup. Carson Palmer is uh, the X factor here on Oakland, Ducky. Uh, you don't like like Alex just mentioned, Darius Hayward Bay, McFadden's out, Michael Bush in. Is uh, if you're really hurting this week, I mean we've been talking about guys like 
you know, uh, King of Queens mentioned Jacquez Rogers, maybe a Terrain or a Helu. You know, if the, if the option is really bad, you know, and you're and you're really struggling trying to understand, no, you're gonna you throw cannot start Taiwan Jones. Okay, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of uh, Taiwan Jones splitting the carries in the in practice just to make sure that he's getting out there. I know I, you would imagine that they're going to run Michael Bush into the ground and give him 30 carries, but yeah. Taiwan Jones is kind of one of those little uh, quiz type players. He can he can get him. He can, he can bust a long one. But, so, anyway, let's go back to Palmer then. You got Darius Hayward Bay. Does Palmer scare you, or does he actually make you feel a little bit better about starting DHP? Um, he, he scares me not from a talent standpoint. I, I think Carson Palmer still has enough talent. I still think he has enough arm strength. Uh, he scares me from the point that he's only had two weeks of learning the offense. And, and, and two weeks of, of of trying to to build some type of rapport and chemistry with with his receivers, and you know Hayward Bay has started to emerge some this season, but that he's still even doing that is you know a wide receiver three flex option. There is no wide receiver that you can really count on. In Oakland, you know, you don't know from week to week, game to game, if it's going to be here. DHB, now that Jacoby Ford's healthy, you know, Denarius Moore emerged for a little while. There, there's just there's so many options, and nobody's that guy. I guess Hayward Bay's the closest thing to it. But you, you combine the fact that it's not that strong with a quarterback that doesn't know the system that well and hasn't built the chemistry that's a little bit of a scary proposition. The guy that, you know, that you hope you have on your roster because you didn't get him off the waiver wire is Michael Bush. And uh, you're just, you're just going to ride Michael Bush this week. Hey, can I just add something? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Scott, can I add something? This is for Cold Cracker uh, in the chat room. I told you Daenerys Moore is going to (laughs) suck. Oh, the rookies. Got to love the rookies. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. Why does everyone say Tim Tebow always like Tebow is not descriptive enough? That's classic uh, code cracker right there. St. Louis versus Arizona then. Let's move on. We don't know what's going on with Sam Bradford. A.J. Feely's in the lineup probably. Bradford did practice. He's just questionable with this high left ankle sprain. Uh, What do we got on the St. Louis side of the ball? You got Steven Jackson in the lineup. Uh, you look at these wide receivers, look, Denario's out, Mark Clayton's out, and he has until Wednesday, the Rams do, to decide what they're going to do with this kid. Um, on the other side of the ball, Kevin Cobb's out with turf toe. You're going to see John Skelton, all the Fitz owners rejoice. And uh, Beanie Wells. Hey, let's talk about Beanie Wells. 22 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown against Baltimore, Alex. Uh, the Rams have allowed running back to score in every – single game but one, which was week six against Green Bay. They don't really have running backs there. Um, Pierre Thomas managed to find the end zone. What do you think about Peeney Wells? you got to put him in this lineup. Uh, it, it seems like a pretty good opportunity for him to rack up some points. Yeah, you know, if you got Beanie and if he's starting, uh, you pretty much have to roll with him. Uh, he's, you know, when he's on the field, when he's been on the field, he's been fantastic, even, uh, even last week. Uh, was it was it last week or the week before when uh, against Baltimore? Uh, you know, with a bad knee, and supposedly that bad knee is going to bother him all year. But uh, there's nothing you could do if you own him again, unless you have a substantially better option. You got to put him in, especially in this game. 
Got what he missed. Steven Jackson looks like he's a guy to have again. That's kind of nice. Not much else to really talk about in this game, Ducky. Do you see anything we're missing here? I mean, I don't know. Yes, Do you yes, you're Gibson absolutely missing something. You're missing Brandon Lloyd. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brandon, he's a starter. Brandon Lloyd is, is very, very startable. Um, he's uh, he's experiencing a bit of a rebirth, and I'm I, I'm anxious to see him with Bradford rather than Feely. I think he can be a pretty good guy going forward. So put uh, Brandon Lloyd in line. Yeah, of course, that's a no-brainer. Arizona uh, allows it. The, the, the sad part is the whole the whole sad part of this whole uh, situation in Arizona is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he looks as good as ever. He's averaged 17.7 yards a catch, ranked in third among receivers with at least 50 targets. He's caught 60% of the balls thrown his way. Um, it's just he has not had a quarterback to get him the ball and, and, and get him into the end zone. They've got to get him into the end zone to uh, to make this guy, uh, the owners, rejoice a little bit because it's just been one uh, disappointing season. Alex, the, your game is next. Uh, the New York Giants versus the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't know what to think of this game when you've got Hakeem Nicks and Bradshaw. The two biggest names on the Giants team are out. Uh, this certainly doesn't look good for a Giants team that was really coming around, and now they've got this terribly brutal schedule in front of them that they face. Uh, talk about this game, Alex, and, and what do you expect here? Uh, Eli's a, you know, a stud or a duck? <laughs> what I expect is pain. That's what I expect. Because uh, to not have Bradshaw, and, and I'm not sure if, you know, Knicks will have a chance or not to go. I'm sure he's going to, but uh, he's going to try. And probably Bradshaw will try. You know, he did play uh, with those injuries with both feet, I believe, uh, uh, fractured or, or some serious issues there. He was playing through it. He's probably the toughest guy in the NFL, uh, Bradshaw. But they're going to get their asses handed to them. Um, the Giants will in New England um, on the man. I would be just, I would be shocked if that game is close. But you know what? If you got Eli, you better put him in your lineup. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. It doesn't matter if it's Cruz, um, or, or you know, if it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, the tight end, uh, the backup tight end. I mean, Eli has just been on fire. So you better get him in the lineup, no matter who your other options are. The Patriots have allowed every quarterback they've faced to throw multiple touchdowns or pass for 300 yards. Manning should definitely keep that streak alive, regardless if, if Nix is in or out. Uh, Cruz and Manningham, they have an opportunity to succeed, just like they did in Week 8 when Miami, uh, they both had double digits in fantasy points. Their value definitely rises with Nix out. And then, I mean, I like this kid Cruz, man. It seems like every time I watch him, it's like, how did he just score off that? How did he spin off that guy? He was off balance, but he, he, he stayed up. He's got at least 98 receiving yards in four of his past five games, and the Patriots have allowed eight touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. So eight uh, eight, eight receivers have, have scored uh, touchdowns uh, against the Patriots, and I, I've got to like Cruz and Manningham this week. Um, Ducky, what do you do here if you're the, you know, the New York Giants and you have – uh, Bradshaw out, you insert Jacobs automatically, but this game doesn't seem like it sets up for Jacobs. My question is, you know, if, if the Patriots come out and run out on you and start blowing you out, is Jacobs even on the field, number one? And I'll, and I'll counter this with Alex's viewpoint, but is Jacobs even out there, or do you see this kid Ware or Darrell Scott or one of these guys? Everybody's wondering in the chat room. You know, I, I, I don't 
think you see Darrell Scott. I think you could definitely see some DJ Ware, Danny Ware, whatever he's going by these days. I I think there's a good chance that you may see Bradshaw. Um, I feel a lot better about the possibility of Bradshaw playing than I do uh, Knicks. You know, when somebody talks about being smart with their injury, that's code for I ain't playing. Plain, plain and simple. So I, I would be very, very surprised to see Knicks in the lineup. Um, but, you know, Eli, Cruz, Manningham, all very good starts this week on that side of the ball. And, you know, we haven't even touched on the Patriots side of the ball and all the great starts there are over there as well. Yeah, there's really no need to. The running back situation is always a mess. Alex, did you want to finish that uh, Giants perspective up? Yeah, yeah, I did. I think you can scratch off Scott. Just, I mean, unless uh, the game's out of hand, he's not seeing the field. There's just no way. Uh, he's not ready. Uh, he hasn't been on the field, and he won't be on the field in this game. Uh, where, you know, the the guy just gets, like, t- arm-tackled all the time. He just doesn't have the strength, it seems to me, uh, from what I've been watching, you know, from the limited uh, uh, limited time I see him on the field. Uh, Jacobs is not that bad. He's got, you know, his hands are not that good. But, you know, they're going to – they really will have no choice because uh, the two guys behind him, unfortunately, are just not that good. So if Brad shows out, Jacobs will, will be on the field and – you know, don't be surprised if Jacobs gives you a 25-point game this week. And as far as Cruz, real quick, you know, if you if you watch Cruz, he reminds me a lot. Maybe not necessarily in a, in a physique. He's a little bit different, differently built. But he reminds me a lot of Miles Austin where he really, you know, like uh, spins out of those tackles and uh, takes the hit and keeps his balance. Uh, and scores a lot of those touchdowns in that in that matter. So he's very similar to Miles Austin, in my opinion. And pretty much everybody on the New England side of the ball in the uh, passing game, you have to put in your lineup. <clears throat> Even Deion Branch has looked better ever since Hernandez has came back. I think it's giving him a little bit more single coverage, and he looks like he's at least startable. Uh, the running back situation, I'm not going to touch it with the 10-foot pole. I want to move on to the next game. The Packers visit San Diego. Matthews is out. It looks like Tolbert is in. So you got to start most of your Chargers. There's not a lot of them you're going to bench. And on the other side, it's like the you know the same thing. The Packers you're going to start them if you have them because it's Rodgers and there's tons of points to be scored. So I don't see any real perspectives out of this game that we really need to address. Do you, Ducky? No, not really. <laughs> I'm I'm right with you. Yeah, I mean you know you're you're probably going to put Jordy in if you if you need a flex and you're hurting you're you're going to put Jennings in there and Finley. You have to keep starting him and. Starks, maybe if you need a, um, some receptions. Uh, you, I don't think you put Ryan Grant in unless it's an av- – I mean, not at all. You, you find anything. But let's move on to the big game. My notes are filled up on the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. After week one, you know, I don't know what we have, but we've got a lot of names here that are questionable. Alex, if you're in a pitch, is Dixon, Ed Dixon, somebody like <clears throat> Ed Dixon, somebody you could, you could be okay with putting in the lineup? I mean, he's had respectable numbers, nothing – Nothing to uh, jump out at you, but uh, Dixon, it seems like he's, he's been an okay uh, dynasty or a fantasy tight end. Uh, the, the few games that I saw them, it seems like they're going to him quite a bit, and the guy looks incredible. I mean, he looks like a like a you know great athlete, uh, really goes up and tries to get the ball. I mean, looks great, fantastic. Um, I'm just – I'm not exactly sh- – you know, again, there's about uh, – there's three guys there. Uh, right between Rice and yeah. Bolden and him, and it seems like they don't really spread it out enough 
for all three of them to be productive in the same game. It's always like it's always two, one or two at most. So you know if you're if you're happy with maybe getting seven or eight from Dixon, uh, then if you're expecting more, you know you might be disappointed. Yeah, he's the number sixteen tight end overall. He's sort of been that uh, Winslow. Ben Watson, Jake Ballard, Chandler kind of range. So if you've got him, you're you're, you're starting because of a bye week uh, to somebody like Olsen or Pettigrew, uh, somebody like that, and that's that's kind of a situation. I mean, he has scored double digits in FFPC scoring four games out of out of the you know the uh, seven that he's played. So four out of seven, that's not so bad. Pittsburgh again, on the other hand, is a different story. Uh, Flacco here is out in week one with one of the biggest surprises of the season, two twenty four and three. Um, and, you know, you've got to look at this game as a, a real statement game for both teams again. Okay, let's talk about this. Ducky Mendenhall. Baltimore has allowed just two running backs to score this year. Mendenhall has three touchdowns in his past two home games against the Ravens, but uh, this is not a real good start for Mendenhall, and what is wrong with this kid? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what's wrong with him necessarily. Their offensive line isn't great. They've become a passing team, and he's never been that talented. I mean, keep keep in mind that this is this is a kid, and I, I go back to this. People that know me have heard me say this before, that you know he couldn't get the the job away from Pierre Thomas at Illinois, and Pierre Thomas was an undrafted free agent in the NFL. You know, Mendenhall's just a, a very average talent. In in my opinion, and I think the folks that expected big things out of him this year were expecting it as much based on scheduling as as anything else. Um, you know, uh, he's he's not somebody I'd feel very comfortable starting. Although I'll tell you, I'm going to go back to the other side of the ball there. Other than Ray Rice, there's nobody on Baltimore I feel that good about, especially on the road. This team is overrated. This team has got a defense that's been playing exceptionally well, but this is a team that's lost on the road already to Tennessee, Jacksonville, and took a, a, a hell of a comeback to beat a pretty lousy Arizona team at home. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this is as historically close as this series has been, this game could be as lopsided in the other direction as the week one game was. Yeah. Total disappointment for uh, Mendenhall this year. Nine receptions, less than four yards of carry. Alex Antonio Brown has had 24 targets in the past two games, seven for 102 in week seven at Arizona, nine for 67 and a touchdown against the Patriots. But this is Baltimore we're talking about. Is Is, are, is he startable in your opinion? Oh, man, you you put him in. Forget about it. Uh, Sanders is out. Uh, Heinz Ward can run about as fast as I can. So, you know, if you got Brown, he's in your lineup probably the rest of the year. Uh, he's that good. All right, well, that's going to be a good game on Sunday night. Let's get on. Finally, the Monday night game, guys. We've almost made it through the lineup. Two minutes to go. You've got Matt Forte with the Bears. You've got uh, Michael Thick with the Eagles. Pretty much you start every Eagle you have. McCoy, Macklin, D-Jack, Selleck even is back. 11 catches and two touchdowns in the past two games. 18 targets overall last two weeks. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, do you start Hester at all? Uh, it, it should be one of these kind of shootout games. 
if Philly gets up on him, which I'm expecting, Ducky, do you put Hester in there with all those talented corners that Philly has? You know, it, it, it it's it's hard to pick any bear receiver out at all. I mean, you know, Hester or Earl Bennett, either one could be a wide a very low end wide receiver three, more of a wide receiver four. You probably have uh, have better options there. Um, you know, it, uh, it it ought to be a fun game though. You're gonna have you're right. A lot of people on the Philly side of the ball. Um, and and Matt Forte could have a game for the ages. All right, guys. Alex, thank you for joining us, man. Ducky can't can't ask for a better partner here, man. We appreciate the love. And uh, Alex, continue on, man. Number two overall, uh, kick some ass in the prime time. That's it. We're rooting for you, man. All right, thank you. All right, Ducky. We'll see you on your show. Uh, what is it? Tuesday night. Day, day Tuesday night. night. We moved it to ten o'clock. All right, buddy. Well, take care of yourself, and uh, good luck Thank this you. week to all the fantasy fans. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.